I am going to try to use our um, bumper music live to try to see if I can get my tone to match the song instead of just always adding it in post like we've done for 500 episodes. Like a real show. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Good afternoon, Meat Suits. Welcome back to Read It and Weep. We are a good podcast. Uh, it used to be about books. And uh, my, I'm, I'm your host. I'm Alex Falcone. Uh, that kind of worked, you guys. And it threw me off. Didn't think it would throw yeah, me really off so much. It threw me off. Is that what we sound like to the yeah. world? Um, that's what we do for season three. That's our new theme song. Huh. Let's workshop <laughs> that. <laughs> yeah, can we start over? <laughs> Wait, you hate the song or you hate me talking over it? No, most of the song, I, I think we, we, we're pretty married to your voice, I think, right? Yeah, at this we can't point. really kick you off the <laughs> show. Like, that's, that's baked in. I've I, I made my piece. Oh, man. I mean, I, I was going to suggest, what if yeah. we just did the song? Like, I mean, we all take the day off. Just release oh, man, I really, I really like this new th- theme song. Um, man, I didn't think you would hate it. I, it just, uh, it doesn't, doesn't feel like yeah, film school Yeah, it doesn't sound very film school. It feels like... We should cut it in and out though randomly Guys. for no reason, you know. While we while we dance over, <laughs> that feels like film school. Over. Cool. All right, so my I'm I'm your host. I'm Alex Falcone. I'm in Los Angeles. Uh, I'm in North Koreatown in Los Angeles, uh, and I am joined this week in Northern California by my good friend Mr. Ezra Fox. <laughs> no one could describe what Ezra was feeling at the moment. So instead. We see this 30-minute dance. <laughs> I liked the Who dance. Yeah. Man, I, yeah. I, that actually does kind of seem like the Buddha Judge dance, actually. Just the repetitiveness of it, the clapping. Yeah. Don't yeah. you dare <laughs> to that. It was way better. This is so much more complicated. Uh, also joining us today, that voice he's at, Anthony Lopez, part two on Twitter, PT2. Uh, and he's back on Twitter now. I stopped saying it for a while, but he's, he's a little more active now. He's in Southeast Portland. Please welcome back, Mr. Anthony Lopez. Say my full name, Alex. It's in the Zencaster thing. <laughs> uh, Anthony Cinema Lopez. <laughs> Thank you very much. I uh, I didn't know you could do that until I saw yeah. this movie. Yeah, oh, Make I forgot about that uh, part. <laughs> yeah. What is, who is yeah, that? Yeah, the, the, the director, uh, Godot, pits uh, John Luke Cinema Godot as Whoa. his uh, name in oh, the credits. Mr. Cinema himself. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> cinema is my middle name. Yeah, that's pretty yeah. solid. I didn't notice that. That's great. Yeah. All right, and then also join us rounding out the panel, uh, the Oops All Boys panel. Um, he's at Hungry Hunty on yeah. Instagram. He's also in Southeast Portland. It's Mr. Hunter Donaldson. Hello, what's up? I propose a minute of silence on this show because that would be great podcasting. <laughs> I was okay, so that was during a date, and right, and it kind of felt like it might work. Was that seductive? I, I think it was hot, except for their friend being seduced. there. And you know, not to get depressing, but the great thing about uh, how much of a garbage fire the world is that uh, minutes of silence have become real evergreen oh, yeah. material. <laughs> uh, it kind of works whenever you're listening to it. Just insert the most recent horrifying tragedy and pretend that's what we're. Doing a right. minute of silence. That's for, you know? I, in this case, the thing that made it work really well as a date was it wasn't just that the two of them stopped talking; it's that somehow they magically also shut off the restaurant. Yeah. Mm-hmm. that's a yeah. hot date. I think you bring your date like some noise canceling headphones, and you're like, "We're going to try this experiment for one minute. We're going to turn everything off. Yeah. We're going to switch mm. off 
all the sound. It was yeah. All right. Well, so uh, before we get into that film, first up, I want to uh, catch up with everybody uh, with what else you watched this week. So, Anthony, what have you been? What's been on your uh, playlist this week? Um, watched a few things this week, uh, but the two I want to talk about. Um, I watched uh, Judy. Got around to seeing that the Judy Garland oh, biopic yeah. starring uh, Renee Zellweger, who is. Uh, I, I hate when people are like they disappear into a yeah. role, but it's phenomenal how yeah. much she looks at her performance of Judy Garland. It's just uh, Judy Garland looking like sequ- she's about to cry all the time. Yeah, I mean it's yeah, that's a good way to describe the last let's say thirty years of Judy Garland's well, life. I meant, I meant um, that as a way of describing any anything yeah. that Renee Zellweger is doing. But. Oh, it's just good casting then. Um, but she is yeah <laughs> yeah she is. Uh, phenomenal in the movie. I'm not a huge fan. Uh, uh, like the movie's okay. It's incredible performance. Yeah. Um, I'm not a huge fan of biopics in general. Um, but I do like um, like ones that like kind of tell a long, broad story and like uh, of someone's life. I like the ones that are more like a small section of a performer's life, and that's what this nice. is. You know, this basically is just like her three month, three of her months in uh, London. Performing nightly, and it's very well. Can I ask you a question, buddy? Uh, And what do you think they're going to do to finish out the Udi trilogy? Since like you know, the the Sean Astin Rudy was the first part of it. Like, what's the last one? (laughs) (laughs) This is in the Udi cinematic universe. The the Udi, yes. (laughs) That's well. I mean, as we talked about, I think last week that anything that takes place in real life is in the same cinematic universe. Real life cinematic universe. Um, I uh, I don't know. I can't I don't think know, of any guys. Uh, you mean like, 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 like the Danny Pudi story? Sure. Ooh. Oh, is oh, Pudi Tang <laughs> in this <laughs> cinematic <laughs> universe? That's a weird. Oh prequel. yeah, there's your yeah. third film right there. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think I haven't said a lot, but I think we're just calling it the Universe Cinematic Universe for now. Yeah, yeah, I, I like that. that. The UCU. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I, 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 re- I genuinely enjoyed that. Really held out by a phenomenal performance yeah, from cool. uh, Renee Zellweger. Uh, and then sticking along those same lines, uh, Heather and I watched this documentary this week called Bombshell, the Rita Lamar story. Is that the one about uh, the Fox which, News Which I don't people? know if you know much. No, this is a different documentary. Uh, Rita Lamar, if you don't... I don't know if that's actually a documentary, but the Bombshell haven't. is a movie. It's a new no. film about the Fox yes. ladies, but... Um... So this is a different yeah, thing. Yeah, because you know what? Everyone wants to see movies about Fox News. For some reason, we've got <laughs> two of them in the last two years. I, I don't know. I'm tempted. But, I feel like this um, one might be might be good. But Well, if you want to see something that's actually good, uh, Bombshell, the wait, leader of uh, Rita Lamar's story, is a fascinating. But, um, wait, because there's also, no, I also want to search for Bombshell Lamar uh, story. I got Bombshell the Hedy Lamar story. How many bombshells are there? So is it Hedy? Well... I'll is say this: Hedy there Lamar? is a Hedy Lamar uh, bombshell. Yeah, I believe it is Hedy Mel Lamar. Brooks. Yes, so that's what yeah, I'm Hedy talking. Lamar. So if you don't know who, um, if you don't okay, know who so, Hedy Lamar is, wait, neither is it, does Anthony. Yeah, wait, is, is it? <laughs> there is I'm no Rita Lamar, as far as I can Lamar, tell, right? Hedy, okay. Hedy, Heidi Lamar. Hedy. Okay, Jesus okay. Christ, I'm a Hedy, Hedy Lamar. <laughs> I am a mess today. I here's the thing, Anthony. One thing you um. You tend to slightly miss people's names a, a fair amount, and I never give you shit because I yes. know nothing about people's names. I thought yeah. Mulholland Drive. I got confused between Mulholland Drive last week and uh, Moulin Rouge, 
So like, <laughs> I would never give you shit about that. But in case everyone's wondering, like, yeah. why don't we correct each no. other? It's like, yeah, yeah no, he's no, doing yeah. great. And also, I guess like Rita Hayworth yeah. also uh, a bombshell. So you might have like smashed them together. Yes, I think that's where. But Heidi Lamo is a it's a fascinating story. If you don't know, a lot of people don't know who she is. She was a um, Austrian American actress who was popular, you know, in the the Terminator forties and fifties. And what she is kind of mostly known for now is that she was um, this brilliant mind that was just crushed by the Hollywood system. Uh, It's actually uh, Judy. Judy and this documentary really go into showing how uh, Louis B. Moore, the MGM head, how much of a monster he was and how many lives he Oh, ruined. interesting. So this is in the, uh, the MGM monster cinematic universe. Yeah. So I got I got really <laughs> upset at this guy this week. But the main thing that Lamar is really well known for nowadays is that during World War II, she was like um, like an inventor in her side Side like as a, on her spare time would like fuck around with chemistry and have this very inventive mm. mind, and she invented this thing called frequency hopping uh, as a way to uh, like help missiles uh, that the United States Army could use, and they oh, left her out of the room helping missiles. Um, what? Uh, but the thing, yeah, they did not think they thought it was a stupid idea, and they took a patent, and they, they were like, missiles leave. don't need help. <laughs> yeah, and then. What happened Wait, so this was, is a movie called uh, Bombshell that, that's about a lady who made missiles? That's pretty great. No, no, she didn't make missiles. Oh, but, they oh. didn't allow her to make oh, okay. missiles. But what they did do, though, is they stole her patent uh, years later, and it is the basis for Wi-Fi, GPS, cell phones. What? Uh, and most of the stuff oh that the government uses for secure signaling is called frequency hopping. Whoa. Uh, and it's what the, this actress invented it in the 40s and never saw a penny from it. And died a very sad, sort of broken uh, wow. woman just because, you know, in the old Hollywood system, they would essentially shoot you filled with methamphetamines and then give you drugs to sleep at night and then do that again the next day. And they did this to a ton of people. So what happened to Judy Garland is what happened to her. Crazy. A lot of the great actresses from this time just had tragic lives by being spit through the system. But she had this genius intellect. It's a very inventive person. Uh, very outgoing, uh, made some very like controversial films in Austria before she came over. But yeah, invented this technology that every single person on the planet, any person listening to this, uses daily. And I think I think uh, I mean, that's a crazy not- story, and I think it's a good way for us to honor her yeah. by kind of remembering her name. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's the nicest thing we could do. Uh, Hunter, we, gotta, we can keep moving. Hunter, what's a, what's something else you watched this week? Um, so I rewatched uh, a friend of mine had never seen adaptation, oh. and uh, so we nice. we rewatched that. Um, and I kind of feel like I'm maybe not the only person in the world right now that's kind of going through like a weird like reevaluation of like Nicolas Cage. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm sure hey, there's. Some... I've been on this train for like ten years. <laughs> I believe now, it. Right? I, I believe it. I believe it. Wait, are you uh, evaluating like... him better or worse? Better. I, okay, I think there just was a point where in the pop culture, it was just became like really um, obvious to just make fun of him. Yeah. Like there was that very good supercut of mm-hmm. Nicolas Cage just being crazy yeah. in a bunch of movies. Yeah. And I think like people just kind of saw that and was like, oh, I'm just going to write this guy's just a joke or whatever. And I, I had kind of forgot about adaptation because I kind of in my head like all of Charlie Kaufman's other movies like a little bit more than that one. Um, but in rewatching it, uh, I just... It's so funny, like just watching Nicolas Cage play both roles, his his fake brother and then actually Charlie Kaufman is just uh, it's so much 
so much fun, so silly. Um, and yeah, just the movie itself, it's great. Have you guys all seen Adaptation? I I have. Yes. I watched it in high yeah. school, and I wonder if this this feels like a movie that I should appreciate mm. better. But I remember thinking oh like you messed up watching it yeah i think i messed <laughs> up watching it i think i should have i mean that's that feels like something for this run i i like yeah. reevaluating nick cage higher i mean we already like nicholas cage as much as is physically possible i think on the show historically mm-hmm. um oh i see i think we've watched like maybe 12 nicholas cage movies by now um we we did yeah my favorite what i always used to sum nine. up nick cage is a roger ebert quote that said uh Nick Cage is in a lot of bad movies, but he's never bad in any movie. Mm-hmm. That's pretty uh, fair, although if you watch the like new like, does... Left Behind, the 2014 Left Behind, it's pretty... Oh, hey. It's yeah. like, he's also Alex, not doing Alex, good thing is happening again. He has debts. Oh, yeah, I'm sorry. It's, you're getting chewed yeah. up real, real good. Yeah. Man. But, I mean, Al- Nick Cage does a lot of bad movies, but, like, hey, man, it costs a lot of money to have a giant pyramid uh, mausoleum yeah. in New yeah. Orleans. It's expensive. To buy dinosaurs. I mean, he's, he's, he's got some expensive <laughs> habits to support, uh, but I think they're all generally worth it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I like that. Um, Ez, what else have you watched uh, recently? So, this week? I started uh, working through Broad City, uh, Sarah and I, um, and... That is fantastic, and and like it's 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 weird to like I guess be so late to a party on this, um, but it, it just kind of happened because um, Broad City just kept on getting mentioned in a bunch of the books I was reading, um, and so I was like, well, definitely, definitely, like that that is enough. Like if multiple books are happening at the same time, that like randomly, uh, I feel like it's kismet. You should just go ahead and go for it. Um, so uh, that's been awesome. It's fun to see um, uh, uh, our our uh, Alex our college friend and uh podcast contributor uh drew johnson uh drew johnson was uh in the um yeah. uh in an episode and it was kind of fun to see uh yeah drew in the background and yeah uh and then oh, uh, i think also pretty much as uh, i'm assuming as uh uh jean-luc uh godard like wanted i was watching um his movie but taking breaks and also watching the michael bay uh like six underground um uh Netflix movie um, <laughs> on on my phone uh, while I was commuting, and I feel like it was just like the the best, I guess, like uh, cinematic experience uh, that that anyone from any era could have could have hoped for. Uh, so I feel like he'd be real, real pleased. Right. It, it looks like he is not dead yet, but if he were Very to pleased. die, I feel like he would not roll over in his grave at all, <laughs> knowing that I was doing that. Yeah. Uh, oh, for sure. I mean, talk about two films that just throw out all the rules of conventional <laughs> cinema. Uh, I I actually hear if you start playing the Michael Bay movie the second time, the girl <laughs> on this movie roars, syncs up perfectly. Um, yeah, yes, real mind. It really lines up better um, than you'd expect. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I, uh, I watched a couple things this week. Uh, I, uh, I'm uh, currently working on, as Ezra knows, a, uh, a, a script about a, a tiny person, a person who gets hit by a shrink ray. So I watched Honey, I Shrunk the Kids on an airplane this week, which... For research. Does, yeah, for research. Doesn't super hold up, but tiny Could people are very poll? funny. Um, uh, Six-inch six people. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Very funny. as Medium funny. Not funny in particular. Like, okay. Uh, very funny. Wait. Uh, yeah. Wait. Are we like like like, like of the of the honey inch yeah. people? Is what yeah. You which said? not to be confused. Okay. So honey, I shrunk the kids. They're a quarter of an inch, much too small. Yeah. 
but no, like yeah, a, a doll-sized say... six-inch person. You know, uh, I would say I'm going to split the difference because sometimes they can be hilarious <laughs> and then sometimes they can be, you know, Indians in cups yes. and oh, be a very okay. proud, hey, don't... you know, uh, <laughs> yeah. solid yeah. people. So you don't want to quite, yeah, not don't hilarious quite at all laugh in that at them case. directly there. Um, yeah. Also, I did watch Parasite this week and oh cool um in in a it, it, this will shock anthony the least i kind of liked the rich people more oh my god alex i i, I haven't seen the movie yet so <laughs> so i'm assuming alex is wrong but no spoilers guys <laughs> um uh yeah without spoiling it for you you I, should tweet that that is like a troll that is the trolliest like film tweet yeah. you could you could do right I, now like i have a more serious point buried in my intentionally trolly viewpoint on that but um i just no you you hate poor people I, we know we I got did not you don't need people to do it. but actually yeah. the the, the big you were like who's got better shoes hmm <laughs> <laughs> but the thing i want to actually I, I felt is my wife and i were just so tense that whole movie it was we we took a break to just go have some ice cream and like calm down and then came back again and i um this is like how much of a dork that i think i'm uh, like um so uh oh, oh okay so my my uh, nephew mm. austin is reading harry potter right now and i and they're they're in the scary books where there's like um uh death eaters and um what are the guards oh, the dementors? Uh, the, um what are the pr- the Dementors, yeah, there's yeah, Dementors. Dementors, there's all the scary stuff, and I asked, I was like, is he scared by all this stuff? And my sister was like, no, but he gets really scared whenever they use the invisibility Aww. cloak, because he's worried they'll get in trouble. <laughs> and that is so cute, and it's also how I felt this whole movie, was I was just like, no, you're going to get in so much trouble. Anyway, so <laughs> I was mostly stressed out about, the, about people getting in trouble. That's yeah. how I felt. Uh, That's fair. And also, I think yeah. the rich people were unintentionally more sympathetic at various points than the poor people who I thought were largely unsympathetic. Wow. Yeah, you're the That's... you're the reason why this country is going to burn in flames. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, we got to get going. Um, so our, our real topic this week is uh, the 1964 French new wave film Band of Outsiders. Um, I'm not going Bold to pronounce up. the French version, Bold. but it's got an ec- extra E. Yeah. A bon départ. Bon départ. Great. I, I did it. A I tried bon it. Départ. Um, <laughs> uh, Yeah. Well, actually, I sh- I'll just remember it because it's like Napoleon bon départ. That's what it is. So <laughs> There you go. Or just uh, pretend you're talking about Quentin Tarantino's production company. Yeah, there you yeah. go. Um, yeah. Well, and like uh, a lot of things that he does, this movie is very interested in movies. So, um, Hunter, this was your pick. For me, uh, associate yeah. producer, or uh, not producer, associate uh, professor. Oh, wait, it's just uh, associate. Well, like he doesn't get like. Are you tenure track hunter? Like, what's the? No, no, he is not. No, so I, Anthony is a, is a full professor, and we only have yes. room for one professor. And is that one above or below? I'm so junk. It's a budget. It's a budget. Guest lecture yeah. yeah. Is. It's definitely above guest lecture. I think it's above yeah. adjunct, but he probably does not have health insurance. Right, no health insurance, and you know, I mean, it's just like you guys couldn't afford me. That's the thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's We'd love to give you tenure. Too. We just can't. Uh, but maybe, yeah. maybe oh, yeah. if Anthony <laughs> retires. Um. So Hunter. Yeah. 
Why did you pick this? Um, so yeah, I picked I picked this mm-hmm. one because it's supposed to be film school, right? And uh, I just feel like the most obvious. I feel like the only the only um, ways that people ever even find French New Wave movies is like, well, you have to watch <laughs> this in film school. It's like the most I feel like most prototypical one because you can't like when you look at French New Wave movies. Like let's say you look at a trailer or a clip, you're like, why would I watch this really at all? Because um, there's nothing to them. It's just like people making movies with no. They have no money. They have no. They have like the, they use the same gun prop in every single movie, and it'll oh, just be like one gun. That, re- that like, revolver yep, that's the is gun. the same that's revolver what they used in the last one. I don't even right, know okay. if it. That's I'm. I'm just throwing that out there. It just feels to me like that's how they made these movies. Is like, yep, yeah, we got our gun prop, and uh, that's the one we're gonna keep using because uh, it's just like kids like running around making a home video that are like, like, this like is purposely a real going out of their way to the five conventions, like. Uh, as a reaction to other movies, so they're like they have that kind of inherently baked into them, like oh, this is not going to be like a easy normal thing to watch. Interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They've seen yeah. like they're they know like- how a movie goes, but they're really just like kids in France being like, "We're going to make this movie," and we have no real like we have no real way to do it the way that we've seen, you know, like uh, the Humphrey Bogart, like mm-hmm. movies, American movies that they've seen, they can't why, do it. So, that so way. why not? I guess so they do just they have, have to do it like um, home video I, we're, style. We're sort of bleeding into our first segment. No stupid questions. Um, so I guess why is that the case? Is there uh-huh. no money in France? Well, Godard was like a, like a he, he he was like a writer like he was a film uh mm. historian and like film critic um so i think like early on and this one's like 1964 so there's it's kind of like in the middle of the his like first period of like 60s films um and let's see actually i kind of want to look up how I, much money i read that this is a hundred and twenty thousand dollar budget mm. uh yeah. for this film so yeah. definitely pretty small yeah and this is like at they they've been they've been established at this point. It's not like this isn't like the first one. This isn't like uh, Breathless. This is like a couple years after it's become kind of a sensation, and that's I'm one hundred twenty thousand in nineteen sixty four. Sounds like actually dollars. kind of a. But I feel like a lot of this stuff. That's a cheap movie, man. Yeah, I I agree. Yeah, but even compared to like yeah, uh, you know what what's the standards of a Hollywood film? That's you know. The joke people always make is that's like the catering oh, yeah, budget yeah. on a yeah, Hollywood yeah. movie, and that's not gonna. It's gonna be almost mm-hmm. true with this, you know. Man, and maybe focusing on the money is maybe not like I feel like all the style choices made for the French New Wave movies were just out of like not just just trying to make a movie without. Uh, having the budget to do whatever you want, basically. So, I mean, even if they had had a lot of money, I feel like it probably would have gone yeah, down pretty similar to me, to it's like these types of movies, uh, like, um, in the way that, like, punk is a reaction to, like, the glam stadium mm-hmm. overproduced rock of the 70s, mm-hmm. uh, or, like, grunge is a reaction to the, you know, hair metal 80s. Like, waves like this in film, you see this with, like, the dogma... Uh, 85 kind of groups like people who are purposely yeah. trying to throw convention out of uh, out the window to do things like to do it scrappy I love because that, you know, i hadn't actually that, thought about um grunge being a like I, i'm not i don't know that much about music so think but but grunge being a reaction to hair metal in particular is perfect because it feels <laughs> like um it's like these people put too much into their hair and so then we're gonna not ever wash our hair like it's a it's a cycle yeah, i mean but 
But that yeah. goes to, you know, everything that goes down to, you know, we're going to not have the, you know, a bunch of different producers and engineers on the mm. album. Right, right, right. I, but I was mostly sound. thinking about their so, stinky uh, hair. I looked up, like, equivalent yeah, budgets, I guess, for uh, So Mary Poppins costs, like, $6 million, which means <laughs> this is, like, 150th. So it's just, like, if you put, like, 50 of these together, is that, like, about the same as Mary Poppins, like, quality-wise? Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, it's it exactly. Oh, I'm trying to think. Exactly, so, what would you exactly would exactly because the movie does not have very, a lot. Very like, there's no ladies flying. So, um, yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. There's no animation. So it seems like really it was like they had eight hundred thousand yeah. dollars <laughs> equivalent, and they were like, "Well, we'll buy a hundred thousand dollar car and just drive it for the rest of this." For, time. for like their minute of silence, they're like, "Look, this we can't like pay the sound guy for the, the whole day. Yeah. Take a break." Yep, that's. Yeah, it's. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they lost the audio, and so they were like, we have to loop. They're like, we have to find a creative way. Yeah, I mean, the movie's this. all lit with natural lighting, so you know they weren't paying a light yeah. guy. Uh, yeah, the, lighting it, technicians. Uh, they they were speaking French, which is like way cheaper per word than English. Yeah, yeah. right than English. <laughs> hey, have you ever tried to go to the Louvre? It's the, pricey. Oh man, it, paying for a whole film crew to go. <laughs> <on> yeah. <that? laughs> yeah. Right, they could, right. That's why they, yeah, they, they, well, they probably it didn't have permits because they, they were, were like, just, "We cannot afford to yeah. be here." So, okay, so <laughs> that is, I bet that's so true. That's, um, that's just a guess, uh, but I bet that is true. Well, let's let's go back for one second. For people who have not seen uh, Band Up, uh, Ezra, will you give me the shortest possible summary of this movie? <laughs> yep. <laughs> that that was that was my that was my summary. <laughs> just just no, I don't think that counts. No. Yeah, I didn't yeah. just say the, the, the shortest possible. Just a long yeah. syllable. All right. Uh, so yeah, we have uh, two English learning thugs who don't care about learning English very, very well, and there is a sort of a innocent, naive uh, uh, young French girl, and they decide to, you know, rob some guy. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> her some guy. De- death, death ensues, and then uh, you know they leave. And they sort of get away with yeah. it. Or one, one out of do. two of them gets yeah. away with yeah. it. Yeah, I guess 67% uh, success they rate get some on leaving. <laughs> right, and he also gets that girl, and then they go to, like, The Brazil. next movie, so, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. And then people complain about... Yeah, I love that it oh, advertised... I was going to say basically yeah. the same thing, that people it, complain about sequel baits yeah, nowadays. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this movie... Essentially mm-hmm. ends on Nick Fury walking in and going, "Let me tell you about the Avengers Initiative." <laughs> uh, but but as like a joke, I it's thought great. that was very funny. Uh, yeah, yeah, I love that. Um, I think the weirdest thing about the movie is the, and I wonder, Alex, especially how you, how you respond to this is like how we've got kind of a love triangle situation and Arthur, and they're both yeah. pretty creepy, uh, Arthur and Franz. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Arthur is like aggressively creepy and Franz yeah, is less creepy at first. Creepy. And then in the end, where you, when you realize that, yeah, and then like towards the end, whatever, it seems like, oh, it's that, you know, the, the brute is probably going to end up dead in this. Uh, it's like all of a sudden Franz is like, no, I've been <laughs> yeah, quiet. Yeah, it's, like only, it's a time. conservation of um, creepiness. It's like as soon as that guy's creepiness is leaving, his rise is up to fill it. Um, I guess my, uh, like, so not knowing anything about anything, my main feeling during this movie, it was similar, like, I guess, a little bit to Mulholland Drive, which is where, like, my first question for the No Stupid Question segment was, why are any of the characters behaving in any of these ways? 
Um, I just, I okay, I really don't understand. Maybe this is just like the physics of English classes in France in 1964, because she seems like she's maybe 16, 17, but a young 17. Like, so let's say she's 17 years old, but she was locked in a basement for the first 14. Like, she seems like she's never met people or been anywhere. Oh, sure. And then they seem like mid to late 40s. Right. So what is... So well, you're just yeah. making this so, as creepy as you can. So you're like, I'm going to magnify the had like, uh, um, uh, like a, a balding, uh, a significant amount of baldingness. Why were they in school? And then he just drops the class. Like, well, he yeah, didn't it was, care. It was like school. What, like, what it was like college or like high was school? He, it was an it was English like, class. Yeah. class. It wasn't yeah. like school. Yeah. No, you know, so, yeah. so this is just like a, yeah, this is just like a community tutoring sort of situation. But then why was this child yeah. there? What was her plan? And why did th- this guy sign Maybe up just to try to like hustle. meet girls and rob their roommates? Well, yeah, and I also think one, you know, you gotta ask questions like this: Is it like um, with movies like this? Is it like an artistic statement? Is it something of the times, or are they just French? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, and I yeah, think yeah, yeah. most of your a- answers are gonna fall into they're just French yeah. and the. It's just uh, right. sort of how they are, uh, and I think you know maybe they don't. They're not acting. Uh, it's not that they're not acting normal. They're just acting very. That, I mean, that's exactly um, what I was trying. I was trying to figure out basically the whole yeah. movie is like: is this thing where you meet? You're in a class and you pass a note to another adult or child, and then like lock her in a bathroom and smoke cigarettes together. Like, how much of that is like normal French school? And how much of that is like he's specifically creepy? I, I had such a hard time with all this because uh, later on top of it was like, how much this is normal for this era of making movies uh, as well? And like, yeah, like there's just I, I really this is a this is yeah. a small sample size problem like all over the place. Yes, yes, exactly. We have yeah. so little to go, and it's multiple <laughs> cultural boundaries that we're trying to establish. Yeah. I would say this is. I've seen. Uh, I wonder ha, ha, how many one. of his films have now you guys one. Seen? Yeah. yeah, is this the only one? Or yeah. Oh, okay, so uh, I've seen probably like five or six of the other ones, and this uh, I had actually never seen this one oh, before. Smart. I just wanted to, so I was like, <laughs> "Oh, let's do this one." Um, and I heard it was a um, like probably the easiest one to get into. Um, uh-huh. So I didn't know anything about the creepiness. And uh, he even has movies that have love triangles in them that are um, maybe still kind of creepy, but like the other way, like there's one called a woman is a mm-hmm. woman with Anna Karina who is in this movie. And um, she's in a love triangle because uh, she wants to have a baby and her boyfriend doesn't want to have a baby. So she goes to his best friend and is like, how about oh. we have a baby then? Um, and that is the foundation of a love triangle that's more creepy because of her and the things that she's doing. This one is just like, you just kind of worry for her He's, the whole time. Well, yeah, I mean, this this to me, is um, it's, it's very like, uh, it feels like a proto-Cohen Brothers film. Okay, yeah. Uh, almost in the sense that it, it, it feels like it's very purposely playing with Hollywood tropes to make fun of them. Like from a very mm-hmm. skewed French perspective, like the whole idea of like this heist that we kind of jump out kind of like in the middle of like the plan is already kind of coming together and we kind of just kind of get little things through context sensitive things the fact that they're both dressed like american gangsters and yeah so naive and simple Mm -hmm. uh i mean not simple is not the right word but like you know very naive and innocent 
uh, but also like sort of is think she's plain uh, criminal more than like realize than like the kind of the slow horror of realizing like oh we're not playing a game we are literally do we have to do a crime now I will now do uh, a crime. There's also the right the 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 very funny I thought the very funny line in the um in the French class when just for no reason. Uh, a student asked the teacher, how do you say one million dollar film or something like that? It's just yeah, like, that is yeah, like yeah. that was great. Yeah, one million dollar budget film is like absolutely like a like a nat like I supposed to be like, hey, get it? We're like making fun of that type of movie. Here. Um, right. So um, I guess yeah. uh, my other question. So so how. OK, so actually, let's go back. Never mind. Let me restart that. Here's my question. How influential is this period of french film on the cycle of like you know like clean hair stinky hair clean hair stinky hair like this is the stinky hair <laughs> film era <laughs> how influential is like i guess uh-huh. does Fran- france matter that's my question yeah absolutely i mean you can oh. <laughs> there you know like you watch there's certain films and certain eras that you sort of watch like an old movie and like the the way old films were like you know, for a long time, they were just shot like stage plays. Mm-hmm. And then Citizen Kane came along and sort of like changed the way people like, oh, we can do really dynamic camera stuff. And like the uh, when I think of a lot of like French New Wave, I think of like the uh, the strange cutting choices in this, the sort of non jump cut yeah, stuff. Jump They're cuts. like going around to different scenes. They're like a lot of handheld, a lot of um, a lot of you know close ups, you know purposely messing with formula and like conventions all that stuff that is very just sort of accepted in modern place now like this is where film learned those those like verbs as you were in terms of the film vocabulary you know yeah like uh movies in the 60s i mean mary poppins is a great example of a counter like you think of like the way that film is shot and how it's like clean you know, wide plates, and then you occasionally do close-ups and everything like that, but it doesn't have, like, this movie has, like, a kinetic energy to it. Like, the opening credits to this movie of, like, the just the cutting between their three faces constantly, yeah. doing stuff like purposely dropping the audio out, yeah. um, putting a narrator in to like, show, like, to explain weird thoughts, and the narrator's go down yeah, himself, Yeah, I, right? I really enjoyed this uh, narrator where he would answer questions I wasn't wondering about and that weren't super important to the what was happening yeah <laughs> it'd be like it was yeah it'd be like uh so they're they're on this adventure like all of a sudden arthur was thinking about death and then they would just go back yeah. to whatever else they were doing right it's such a f- french thing you can yeah, just but imagine it, him puffing a cigarette yeah. and saying and yeah, you thought like that video <laughs> session would have been really yeah. fun. Like, I, I think that would have been very enjoyable yeah. kind of be in. Um, <laughs> the, 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 okay, so this is black and white. Um, and, like, Wizard of Oz came out, like, 25 years before. So this is, like, I'm assuming this is a pretty, like, odd choice on the whole, right? To, like, um, have, like, a black and white film. Like, or at least, like, this, this would stand out, right? It's, like... W- was it... Wait, yeah, okay, so, so sub-question. Is black and white in 1964 cheaper... Or is it an artistic choice? Yes, I mean it's black and white's always going to be cheap. Really, uh, but even it now. is probably an artistic choice as well. I mean, yeah, just in terms of like even like shooting digital. Like nowadays, you would like shoot in color and then make it digital in post. But yet, you have to like worry about so much less like color correction oh, yeah. and matching tone and stuff with black and white. Um, 
But yeah, black and white film is definitely going to be cheaper than color. And if they were using like Technicolor film, you know, like like old like getting color in film as a process used to be like painstaking work. You would go and like color in frame by frame uh, of things. It wasn't like film was naturally shot in mm. color, you know. Um, so there is that like, seems weird because you're just taking a picture of something that's already in color, and then you got to like do it all again later. Yeah, basically. Uh, I will say, that, like, financially, it, yeah, that, that could be a factor, but um, Godard had been making movies for, like, four or five years at this point, and he'd made, like, six, um, and half of them are in black and white. So I think he just likes to shoot in black and white sometimes, depending on mm. what type of movie it is. Like, he made a, a comedy musical... Uh, was like his third movie, which is like one of my favorites of his uh, that I've already talked about called A Woman is a Woman. Uh, and that one is in color. And I think that's just because it was a musical, it was a comedy. This one's like a crime film. So I think it just black and white, I think, is was just kind of a choice, it feels like. Because the budgets for these movies are all about the same. There are, he basically got together like 100000 almost every time. So uh, um, one more not no stupid questions from me. Yeah, no stupid questions. Is um, the the two uh, gangster guys in this film are obsessed with movies themselves. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I mentioned I mentioned Quentin Tarantino earlier on because I've been thinking about this, but there it, it feels like this comes up a lot when a film is an important film that also the film seems obsessed with films. And Mm -hmm. so I guess my question is like, why is cinema so much further up its own ass than other art forms? (laughs) I like that. It was, it seemed like it was going to be a honest, nice question. (laughs) Trick move. I was really, I was genuinely trying to think I've not, I cannot remember a series of novels where the characters are obsessed with novels and novel writing. And I mm-hmm. don't, I'm sure they exist, but I just don't feel like I don't have that wide of a knowledge of that. You don't read a lot of novels then. A lot of Is, novels deal directly with like the notion of like most of Stephen King's books deal with like the idea of writers inside of them and like the power of books and stuff okay, like that. That's you a fair point. See a lot of that. They're also yeah. like, so like, Don Quixote like it's I, I did not know this is the plot apparently uh, but like Don Quixote essentially like is a normal dude who goes kind of crazy from like reading too many like uh, like night uh, books right basically mm-hmm. he thinks mm-hmm. he's, he's a character like, in a story yeah, he's like hey man this is what I, this is what I'm supposed to be doing um, and that's like that's the first half and then like the second half yeah. is like basically people him right like, he gets famous from his book yeah right? exactly so I don't know this is, this is all like you know stakes eating their own tail kind of thing so like so you're saying yeah, that all art is equally up its own ass, pro- up progressing its own up ass. its own ass. Yeah, yeah. 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 like yeah. if you were to measure how far yeah. up ass, you'd be like, this is about the same. Yeah, not, none more ass, art to art. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and you also, I think nowadays when you see like because it's such like a well established trope um, that you uh, that you leaned into and you sort of like you sort of accept it as I think you could be like up its own ass, but like. With this movie in this era, because if you, especially if you compare it to like American films, which are doing their best to never acknowledge that you're watching a movie, right. you know, and like purposely going out of your way to break conventions and to like make sure, like let the audience know that the characters know they're in a movie. It's like just 
experimenting. It's just, let's see what happens if we try this. Let's see what happens if we do it this way, you know? I also I, think um, that, that maybe the Hollywood, like what the the kind of uh, differences there in this French way of doing it, of, of people looking at the camera and like saying things directly in the camera and knowing they're in a movie, is maybe even a little bit less up its own ass because they're sort of saying like, Eh, it's just a movie. Like, let's not like let's goof around mm. and have fun. Whereas, like Hollywood mm. movies at this time are like, no, there's the story, and you don't even you shouldn't even notice the editing. Like, it's supposed to be this like perfect, pristine thing. Yeah, and I think that is maybe at, at least at the time. Like, let's say let's say that it was the '60s and you were looking at this movie. I think you would maybe have the opposite feeling of like, obviously, this is not up its own ass. Right. Whereas, like every other life. movie I'm seeing is completely up its own ass. Yeah. That's... Now it's it. I, I get it being reversed now of us looking back on it and being like, this is completely obsessed with itself. That's, that's I, yeah. I get. I I. That's a very that's a very good way to say that. And I I like this vision that you guys are painting of like these like. French artists without a ton of money that are just having fun making movies. And I think you see it mm-hmm. the most in like my, the two best scenes in the movie, I think, which are dancing in the cafe oh, yeah. and running yeah. through the Louvre. Yeah. Yeah. Which are, have nothing to do with the plot. Like literally advan- yeah. advance the plot in no way. Yeah. And they're just, it's like, it was very fun. It was like, it, it was very Steve Martin-y with the museum. We just watched oh, yeah. that um, LA story recently with the, the roller skates. And I felt a lot of that same similar, yeah. just them, Setting a record, sprinting through the Louvre was very, very. It kind of has a YouTube feel for it a little bit. Both these things, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. You see, like you can see, yeah. like, you can see like the like the Buzzfeedish like headline for each of these, right? Where it's like, um, uh, or has like some flash mod elements. It, 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 it just, yeah. it's like yeah, yeah. this is like a, it's a bit, and uh, you can kind of see. Uh, like, there would like, be great fun. TikToks. This like cafe dance of the three of them doing the same steps yeah. in a crowded restaurant. They must be doing this, yeah. Yeah, the cat, the madness. The- Cafe dance is like an okay go music. <laughs> you know, it's, um, but I mean that that scene is so like it's hypnotizing. Yeah, yeah it totally. really is. It like as soon as this movie was done, I went back and I just rewatched that sequence because yeah. I just this I'm back to the repeated motions, the the dropping out of audio mm-hmm. and just hearing like they're they're dancing to no yes. music like in like diagenically in the world. I That's thought so like, interesting. Just like using that kind of stuff to kind of like break what is happening in the movie what is the reality here you know it's i thought that was fucking phenomenal yeah. i love that, I that was like cool. what this dance was i guess for that time this is this seems like it's basically macarena equivalent uh yes this is so yeah. like 1964 <laughs> macarena yeah and that's that's the macarena <laughs> macarena <laughs> uh, <laughs> um <laughs> I know so little about French, but somebody once said that you pronounce. I heard somebody say you, you pronounce French words by just not saying the second half of any word. Mm-hmm. And well, the last bad, letter. Okay. That's not a bad. Uh, and, uh, yeah, rule it seems thumb. like it's not a terrible you're, rule of thumb. You're not worse. Uh, the the my, out. my Danish friends said like you have to pronounce Danish as if you have a hot potato in your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Oh uh, man, I, the way I played hot potato as a kid, it was never right in, in your mouth. mouth. That's a more dangerous way to play <laughs> that game. <laughs> Um, high stakes musical chairs also just fit the whole chair in your mouth no one no one wants it after that okay so for our next segment uh, this is called test prep so um professors Anthony and Hunter are going to tell us things that we should take away from today's chat and from watching this movie. And Ezra and I are going to say things we actually took away instead. So Uh 
um, uh, Hunter, start us off. What is it? What's the one yeah, thing sure. you want us to take away when we're, we're, we're watching film in the future as informed by having seen uh, so Bandipa? The thing about these movies, these French New Wave movies, and I'm just going to make a point that we haven't quite made yet that I think ultimately is why I watch these movies and like them. Um, it's not. There's a lot of things about these movies that I don't really care about. Like the story in this one, I didn't really care, honestly, that much. It was a pretty forgettable story. Uh, and even, even when it was the scenes that are more focused on the story itself are just kind of whatever to me. But the reason I watch these movies is they make me feel like... And this is going to sound really condescending, which is maybe like super appropriate for no, no. Um, this season. Slightly <laughs> condescending. Lightly condescending. Okay. Um, I watch these movies because they make me feel like I could make a movie and they make me start thinking about, oh, I could, I should make a movie, you know? Like, and, and here's what mm-hmm. my little movie would be like. Because you watch them and they're compelling and fun and they're, no one's doing anything that you couldn't do. Like, you, it's... Godard is very inspiring because it's just like you could just pick up a camera and make a movie like this, like pretty easily. Um, maybe actually deceptively easily. It's probably harder than it looks. Uh, maybe not this movie, but some of his I other mean, ones. Getting, I've never tried to borrow more than like ten dollars, but mm-hmm. getting a hundred thousand dollars together does seem hard. Sure. Um, could okay. I, I okay. agree. If you, but you always wait, quick question for the panel. I, I want everyone to say before you talk about that. Okay. If you had to get a hundred thousand dollars, like for like a kidnapping ransom, do you <laughs> think you could get a hundred thousand dollars together in say three days? Oh yeah, easily. Three days, cash advance. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like we could get a hundred. Th- like I thought you were gonna get okay. like three days. We could get 100, okay. By, in okay, three so days. by the end of business today, could you get a hundred thousand dollars? Oh well, wait. It's not a business day, man. How do you have an end of business yeah. on a Sunday? <laughs> yeah, so we're gonna have to throw that question out. It's disqualified. <laughs> well, also, okay, whatever the also operative word, no, 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 answer op- it. Operative yes. word <laughs> in in what I said was it makes me feel like I could make a movie. No, I know, but it's, then it just was a fun idea. I wonder. I don't yeah. think I could get a hundred thousand dollars by the end of tomorrow. Oh, but well, maybe a hundred thousand dollars. Why not? No problem. <laughs> just don't ask me how I'm getting it. Someone kid. If I was kidnapped, I would definitely be like, don't call my parents. Don't check the banks, but see what Ezra's up to right now. <laughs> he's probably yeah. he's he's good for it. Yeah, no, no. Here's a look. Oh, we'll do it, we'll do it we'll do a Kickstarter for half. All right, mm-hmm. and I'll promise that you know I'll promise them like a. Uh, oh, it's a matching fund. Yeah, yeah a matching donation to yeah, my kidnapping. Yeah, right. So it's just fifty. Then you can do that. <laughs> Easy. We are dancing around the obvious joke, which is that we should do a robbery. We should steal the money. <laughs> yeah. If well, we take I, anything I was going to say that if if a loved one of mine was kidnapped. And I had to give a hundred thousand dollars. I would have to go and kidnap somebody's else loved one to get that. There you go. You know. Here's here's a question, Anthony. What if it's just oh, a man. liked one of yours, not a loved one? What what would oh, you do? Oh yeah. Uh, well, Write a nice um, I well I I've always wanted to have like a sort of John Wick Taken esque action adventure. Uh-huh. So I would I think I would really step up to the challenge of you something just, like yeah, that. Yeah, that's all like, you've been waiting for. Uh, uh, <laughs> Yeah, just, I'm gonna get him need, back. Just need your grocer to get kidnapped. Get that, get that not, yeah, exactly. Not even somebody he loves, but it's gonna be like, man, my favorite employee at this coffee shop I go to every day. He's been kidnapped. <laughs> he knows my name. He knows he my order. Double punches. Yeah. yeah, we have rapport. Uh, I, but you know, like talking about the kind of what we got on this with like raising money and stuff. Like 
you know, a hundred thousand dollars would be is not a lot of money for especially what movies are shot for nowadays. But movies are also shot for so much cheaper. Like it, we live in a very amazing yeah. time in which you know several big films a year are shot on like iPhones. Right. You know what I mean? Like, um, and if the from what I if I from listening to a lot of independent filmmakers talking about raising money. Apparently, what you do is uh, you talk to dentists. Oh. That's where <laughs> so many great independent films have been raised by just like, I just hit up every dentist in my town for 10 grand huh. and got them to invest in this movie, and they did. Huh. Uh, I So, okay, so um, Hunter, yeah. you were saying uh, one of the takeaways for you that we ought to take away is that, like, there's the sense of fun and and, and frugality in these films that makes you feel like filmmaking is more approachable yes um, it's kind of like there's a thing people say about the velvet underground um the the mm-hmm. band that uh not a lot of people bought their records but everyone that did like was like oh i'm gonna make a band now that's how i feel about Godar. is you watch them and you're just like ah oh, i could make a movie like this is this is something that's reachable basically i like that you clarified velvet underground the band and not the VIP-only subway system yes. installed under most of the country that we don't get to take. That was, uh, that was for you. I want to get down there, but they can't. Yeah, well, bar- get together $100,000. Um, my main takeaway is uh, always search the doghouse. Yeah. That's my yeah, main takeaway. Put it in the doghouse. <laughs> um, so they're doing this robbery from one of her roommates who just had... A million dollars in cash in his chest of drawers for no reason. Um, maybe because he was stealing from the government, but she's just guessing. And then um, they, she like lets on that there's going to be a robbery, so he hides the money. Uh, and he hides it in the doghouse outside. And only Artur is so good at crime that he's like, I bet it's in the doghouse. He figures so, it out. Yeah. yeah. When you, If you think you're searching a house thoroughly, there's a tinier house outside. Yeah. Right. And if you can get the dog the out of it, house. look around. Wait, what if the dog has to hide something though does it is there like a, a oh, cat house no. or like a is there are there <laughs> smaller houses a mouse house i think so so every time a dog is like burying a bone your interpretation is he's looking for a smaller house to put it in <laughs> well that wasn't it but i like that much better so yes i'm gonna go with it absolutely <laughs> a, a bone house if you will a bone zone even <laughs> <laughs> the bone zone. Um, I did love this dog. Um, I love movie dogs, and this dog was like um, uh, a guard dog, kind of outside mm-hmm. of this house. And mm-hmm. the um, the naive young French girl's character is like, "Don't worry about the dog." I told him not to bark during this robbery, <laughs> and then he doesn't. He's such yeah. a good boy. He's, he's just like he's a, stoked to see him. He's a good dog. Yeah, <laughs> such a good dog. Um, Anthony, what's uh, what's one of your takeaways of this movie? Um, so I, I would say, uh, to kind of, kind of piggyback on yours, uh, a little bit was that I think something you can really take away from this movie is that like plot machinations are way less important than a lot of people kind of give them credit for. Mm -hmm. Like this movie has a very thin Mm -hmm. plot and stuff, but it's more about like feeling and just having fun. I think a lot of people, especially trying to make sort of lower budget smaller stuff get really caught up on like all these details have to make sense and this needs to be airtight and like you can films can be whatever you want them to be you can be as an inventive or as boring as you know you can be so i I would say you know have have fun with it and realize like if it's compelling and well acted 
the audience will go along with it. Uh, but my main, if I was like actually teaching yeah. a class on this movie, the thing that really stood out to me was I thought this film had incredible blocking. Oh. Um, not just with like the dance sequence, but everything in the cafe, the right. way they like keep getting oh, yeah, up and, and rotating each other seats around and, stuff like and, that. and, and yeah. And if you and get it's past like, the all of that is of him drugging this girl. Um, <laughs> oh, I she, forgot about that but, part. <laughs> I, Again, they're just French. She knows there's alcohol in that cup now. Like she reacts to it That's and true. keeps drinking. That's, like okay, she so right. So if you put her, if, if by uh, if you blame the country of France and that allows you to block that part out of your mind, the way yeah. that they do orchestrate that mo- constantly moving around the table, taking each other's seats was really fun. I forgot about that, but, but I, I mean, not it. just that. The way I mean, the the robbery when it does happen is kind of like shockingly violent and grounded in a way. But it's it's shot mostly in these like long wide shots at this uh, solid white room with this big pillar in the center. And they just keep rotating around it in interesting ways, too. Um, So, I mean, this movie, I think, is... Uh, phenomenally well blocked, uh, and just like those are those little things people don't really Can I think ask a about when they watch movies. That? In terms of yes, like, is yeah. that a job? Whose job is that? The director, the director does That's all the blocking. The big, this, yes, I mean, well, you can do it with the actors. You know, it's a creative collaborative me- medium. If you're like a really cool open director, and the light guy comes up with a good suggestion, they might take but it. But you don't have a special director, like, like choreographer, well, unless it'd be like for a dance a, or a fight scene. I'd say probably. Right, but for yes, like exactly. then standard you have action, it's not like the director has a second person who does choreography. They're like, "This is my that's their no, like, my that's, gig." You know, you, the director gets on a set with actors and they work it through and they kind of like try different things and different takes. They do this, but stuff like this seems like um, very planned out. Especially the table scene um, at the cafe. It's just like, okay, when you say this line, then you're going to yeah, get up and you're going to do this, it. and it's like. These things take a lot of rehearsal and a lot of planning, and you have to have a really good sense of uh, space, and you can do so much with character through blocking. Uh, And, like, that is, I think this film is a fantastic example of that. Something that most people literally never think about, like, but if, you know, blocking can tell so much of a story. Yeah. um, Along with camera angles and stuff like that, and music, and it all comes together to, like, tell you something even if you're not uh, consciously aware of it like a part of your brain is taking that in and making the stuff more powerful or like exciting or dramatic or whatever you know the effect you're going for is so i would say that would be the thing that i would like show scene by scene and sort of talk about why they blocked why they went here what does that mean why would the director choose this opposed to something else oh that's Um, cool okay awesome is What's your what thing are you taking away instead of that? So uh, I had uh, I actually had the I guess good fortune in high school in my French class to watch a, another black and white French movie um, uh, with a robbery. It was a Rifi oh. Fee, and like it's uh, I think it's like so it's 1955. Uh, I guess it's the time also color movies existed. I don't not sure I knew that really when I watched it, but um, there's sort of this like pretty incredible like very intricate 20 minute completely silent heist. Um, of like very very competent criminals, uh, and like there's a lot of really really interesting bits. I think this is like a a well known I guess uh scene. Um, and uh, this movie completely upended my long held belief that all uh, black and white French <laughs> thieves were very competent. Uh, the, the, these guys do not know what they're doing, and I should not I, have thought that everyone's like super. I, uh, I feel 11. like 
I feel like you're painting Franz with Artur's brush because Franz hella gets away with this. So competence is sort of in the eye of the beholder. I think Wait, with almost no money though, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, no, because he has a stack of money he away. found in the fridge, and I I have no idea if that's a good or a bad amount of money. It could have been more. It, it definitely was not. This is not. This yeah. is not just how he wrote it up. You know, this is not the plan exactly. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. That's true. But I feel like the, I take away the same thing about robbing somebody that uh, Anthony and Hunter do about making movies from this, which is like you just can have do it. fun with it. <laughs> <laughs> it's just not as hard as you think Anybody it is. Like, can just, do it. Just yeah. get, just it's it's not that expensive. Just get some buddies together and try robbing somebody. Right. I, it's not that hard. Yeah. And this might just be me being overly complicated with how I sort of watch movies. But in my head canon, I think that what actually happened was Arthur and his uncle faked the shootout in order to scare Franz and her away, and then they went in and actually robbed the couple of oh, all man, the money. That, so first of all, uh, I love Anthony's headcanon as a thing to explore more, but uh, I also... Mm-hmm. So if they faked... I mean, certainly Artur's death is the fakest-looking... Super fake. Yeah, death I've ever, <laughs> yeah. He gets shot 50 times. Like, he's Terminator <laughs> in terms of walking at this gun, and then he after he shoots his uncle, who's... The relationship, I do not understand at all. But... um. Because his uncle, in case you didn't watch it, his uncle is also robbing the house, um, but gets there late or something. It was, it was a it was a coordination issue. I feel like that they did not they did not really yeah. focus on their like I guess their Trello board. They did not realize who had yeah, which yeah. task. Yeah, set, set a uh, you want a good um, day of show, you know, run order of like when everyone's supposed to show up. And mm. anyway, so he gets shot a thousand times and doesn't care, and then. He dies for like a while, a lot of spinning around. It's really beautiful. Um, mm-hmm. He does the Madison death. again. But, <laughs> but yeah, it does seem like the uncle made it. Like, since so he gets out of the code to like run back in the house, they are leaving. They see the uncle come back. And if it's like, if this was like a, a Steven Soderbergh mm-hmm. caper, I feel like it would have been like the uncle's plan was to like get them to come back so they could see him die. And then they think they have to like get out of there. So they think it's all, like okay, all over. Yeah. And then he can go inside and actually rob the couple, you know? Um, I, I do not understand that- what the uncle's plan was that he was like, we're going to rob. Oh, I'm a few minutes late. Because he just walks up shooting. <laughs> he doesn't even say hello to his yeah. nephew. <laughs> He's right. just like, are you robbing without me? Oh, blam, blam, blam. <laughs> oh. Well, I mean, that is literally what happens. They right? could have like, split He it. says we're going to do it tomorrow night. So they're like, we got to do it before my uncle robs the place. Right, I mean, I'm so the same way if like someone a... tries to get tacos without me, I think. Where it's like, hey, those are tacos. <laughs> you did not invite me? Blam, blam, blam. Um, you just, you go totally. Yeah. Uh, well, it's, yeah. it's performative, though, for the other people who I never wanted to invite to tacos. Um, Man, if I had two yeah. friends and they did what uh, Franz and uh, Artur do, where they pretend to shoot each other and have elaborate film deaths, Mm-hmm. That would stress me out. I wouldn't want to be in public around those people. Yeah, that's embarrassing. Well, especially because they just dive in the middle of the street. Like, they don't care yeah, where they also, are. Also, they were like, while uh, they were robbing a place, they were also like doing donuts in this warehouse yard. It's like, yeah. it's just really, reckless they people. They really to be should around. have had a YouTube channel, right? Like, like Franz and Arthur. Yeah, like, yeah. Yeah. All these yeah. guys want is TikTok, and they just <laughs> don't have it. All right, uh, let's wrap on that, you guys. Yeah. Uh, before we go, uh, I want to do a quick uh, dive into the mailbag. 
Um, I got an email last week uh, after our discussion uh, from longtime listener Avi, who says, so in the Venn diagram of Los Angeles and film school things, I was thinking you should check out, whether for the show or not, the extraordinary documentary Los Angeles Plays Itself, directed by Tom Anderson, and not to be confused with the gay porn LA Plays Itself 1972, (laughs) um, from which it gets its name, although watching both would also make an interesting show. Have you guys heard of this film? No. Nope. I oh, have not. Okay. Well, I uh, I it, I think it sounds uh, it sounds interesting more so the the documentary than the um, the porn the gay porn well, yeah, yeah. I think, I think well, the porn sounds a little better uh-huh. but I'm gonna give the edge to the porn <laughs> this this actually um, makes sense a little bit though because uh, there's a um, a YouTube video I think uh, that I love from this uh, channel uh, Every Fair and Painting and it oh my god I love this yeah, video yeah so good and yeah. so it had one where it's like Vancouver never plays itself I'm pretty sure that's what I was referencing I did not get it oh yeah. cool yeah so this is just a documentary about like different ways LA is portrayed in film which is super super interesting to me right now and I will definitely check it out um also this week uh, like uh, um I, like LA plays itself a lot I, which is makes total sense um but the uh, LA Times tweeted a thing that was like the, the real winner at the Oscars this year was LA. That city is in our city is in more movies than other cities. It was like if you're proud of yourself for that, still. <laughs> like, come on, guys. Like, yeah, you won. You're you, still yeah, tooting you won. That you are movies. Yeah. <sighs> anyway, um, very interesting. So I'm definitely gonna check out that documentary. And thanks, Avi, for the recommendation. And uh, if you guys have other recommendations for us or things that you want to learn in film school uh, you can send us an email podcast at read-weep.com and uh, yeah we'd love to hear from you always love to dive into the mailbag thank you for being here Anthony it's a lot of fun I'm really glad I got a chance to see this I've never seen it myself and I thoroughly yeah, enjoyed it uh, it was really interesting Ez thanks for joining us as always it was almost as good as Michael Bay's Six Underground <laughs> <laughs> like, I didn't ask you, what was your main takeaway from Michael, the Michael Bay movie? Um, there's no right or wrong way to watch a Michael Bay movie, I feel like. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a Reese's. I mean, it's yeah, just... it's, you, you can't wreck a Denny's. You know, it's the same, same thing. <laughs> I went, by the way, I went back to Denny's. Still still good. <laughs> still not wrecked. Still holds up from last I year. Still, I, felt, I felt very seen when I was at Denny's. They were very good to us. Oh, that's awesome. Uh, a Hunter... Thanks for joining us, buddy. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. Thanks for thanks for watching my French movie I made you watch. That was so fun. And also, I love that you, when I was at, I asked you to pick this film for this week, and we had a couple of suggestions, and I like that you also used it to get something that you wanted out of it. Yeah, um, yes, the, the, that was fun. Yeah. Um, also, uh, I, this is kind of a weird note to go out on, but I, I just remembered at the end of all of this conversation, the reason I brought up this movie in general is uh, Anna Karina actually uh, passed away at a pretty old age. She was like 79, I think, um, like two months ago. So this is... Oh. This whole, oh. this whole discussion has been dedicated to her. And if you want to watch any of the other movies uh, with her in it, uh, every single Godard movie that has Anna Karina in it is solid gold because this is the last one that I needed to watch that had that had her in a starring role. Oh, so, so you, yeah. you just completed I mean, your bingo. I did, yeah. I used this show to complete my bingo. Um. <laughs> and, you know, the great thing about being uh, in such films like this is that you don't die. Mm-hmm. You kind of live forever, you know? For sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, and I, that's the great thing about podcasting is our is this will live forever. Yeah, this will never be. Yeah, we are. Yeah. people are yeah. going to be like every every episode with Hunter is solid gold. People will be saying, <laughs> <laughs> "Yeah, they're like he just passed away at seventy nine, but go back <laughs> to every appearance on Read It and Weep." 
I, similar to the way uh, Anna Karina is for uh, this director, you are my muse, Hunter. Aww. So I appreciate Aww. being here. Also, I will say, as far as like how this the indoctrination of slightly condescending film school is affecting me, is that I have been thinking about Mulholland Drive a lot this week. So oh, good. That movie it's will stick around. To you. I am going to watch okay. it again sometime in the near future. I've had so much other stuff to watch, be, like between tiny people for my research, and also I had to watch um, Rambo sec- R- Rambo First Blood Two. I wanted to call it Second Blood, but I had to watch Rambo Two twice in a day for a, a show that I was doing. So I've been very busy. And haven't got a chance to go back to uh, Mulholland Drive, but I'm definitely going to watch that. Um, also, I, I do. Yeah, go ahead. Yes. Well, I was just curious, like you know, since this is you know slightly condescending film school, like do we have some slightly condescending homework for uh, ourselves and for our listeners? I'm glad you asked, Ezra. Our homework for next week for everybody is we're watching Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. So everybody who has not seen that yet, or if you have seen it, refresh yourself. But. This this tiger is about to crouch, and this dragon is going to hide yeah. somewhere. And I'm and I'm hiding, and I'm a dragon. <laughs> I think I think the, the tiger probably uh, like hiding. Like I think that's probably what your nephew is going to be most scared of because he might get in trouble. You might get caught. Oh, that'd be <laughs> yeah. so embarrassing for him. Not to crouch. Um, I assume the dragon that is hiding is the one from Mulan. Oh yeah, sure. Mm. Yes. Was that was that Harry Murphy? Wait, 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 wait. Sorry. Maybe. Yes, I'm sorry. Yeah, I, got, yeah. I got confused because no, I got confused about whether you said dragon, dragon or tiger because I was thinking of the the tiger from Aladdin uh, at the same time. Yes, so the tiger. Wow. Yeah, so uh, Raja. Yeah. Oh yeah. And the, wow, nailed the, that. And Mushu. Dragon from yeah, Mushu. They, those two are in. The, I can't wait to see a movie with those two together. They're tough to find. Right. What with the crouching and the hiddenness, but they are there. <laughs> it is canon. That's that's Anthony's head canon. It's not that hard, depending on what's in front of them, but. Um, I do like the idea. This is a movie where I—I I, I know nothing about this movie, <gasps> but I'm just going to assume there's dragons everywhere. Oh, you really? And I just can't see. You've really never That's seen accurate. it. I've never seen oh, it. Man. Is it? I—I I feel like I may have seen a trailer for it at one point, but I know nothing about it. Wow. That's why I'm the idiot on the show. Well, anyway, yeah, okay. So perfect. I can't wait to talk about all of this next week. So get out there, do your homework. We'll see you next week with another episode of Slightly uh, Condescending Film School from Braided Weep. My name is Alex. Talk to everybody later. Bye. 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 Bye.